welcome to the Exploring Excellence podcast, a show where I interview professional service leaders, innovators and client service stars on the importance of people delivering excellent services to drive business performance. I'm your host, Lynn Bromley. I'm an author, speaker, business consultant and the managing director of First Impressions Training. I've spent my whole career in professional services and a large part of it in finance and technology, so I'm a huge fan of all things techie. But I want to make sure that in a world where we're more connected than ever before and strangely more disconnected at a human level than ever before, we bridge that gap between tech and people. So sit back and enjoy the show while I introduce you to today's guest. Hello and welcome to Series 1, Episode 12 of the Exploring Excellence podcast. And today I'm here with Asim Ashak. He's the founder of the Entrepreneurs Trust. Hello and welcome to the podcast, Asim. Delighted to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast. That's an absolute pleasure. So first of all, tell us a little bit about what you do at the Entrepreneurs Trust. Well, I created the Entrepreneurs Trust as an antidote to um, accelerators and incubators and, and business schools. Uh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm an advocate of everything they do, but I think they, they tend to exist in a very rational worldview. Um, so the entrepreneurs go out and create um, businesses based upon the, the hope and belief that their assumptions will be delivered. But uh, as we know, we live in an irrational world and, and nobody talks about failure and the, the fact that 60% of startups fail in the past, in the first five years. So having failed a number of times, uh, the Entrepreneurs Trust is my, um, my forum uh, to help entrepreneurs understand the realities of entrepreneurship and help them get through those challenges. Mm, you're absolutely right having been in business myself for for 10 years and this is my second business I've run it's Mm -hmm. it's certainly not a straight line is it as some people think it's it's very very much a bumpy road and and ups and downs so I think having that very pragmatic view of of what it really is like and being able to learn from somebody that's been there and done that is is a great thing to have so so how does it work then so is it um you do or is it Yes, it is. I, I mean, I, I started off um, the entrepreneurs just uh, as, a, as a simple blog post, mm. um, and and I d- actually developed a seminar that I, I delivered uh, about three years ago to an MBA class at my former university at Bangor, um, and it went down really well. And and out of that, I developed a a series of seminars and business tools. Um, that help entrepreneurs get through the challenges and difficulties. And now I deliver seminars and I'm a speaker and and a coach um, and mentor for entrepreneurs and uh, innovators. Um, So, um, and I I also have an interesting podcast where where I talk uh, about the challenges of entrepreneurship through people that, with people that have an interesting perspective and an expertise that can help entrepreneurs progress. So um, my, my teaching work, um, it's the experiential seminars and workshops. I mean, they, we work on their business. They talk, I talk a little bit about the experience I have, but 
75 to 85% of the time is actually working on their business and looking at how they can get a very robust business model that will work through the challenges um, and put them in a stronger position when they, they come to investment, they deal with their suppliers, um, they, they negotiate contracts with customers. Um, what the picture I have in my mind is when they go to meet an investor who whose main job really is to pick holes in their business plan that they have when they've come out of um, working with me they have found the holes themselves and they've plugged every one of them so that they are never in a position where an investor or a customer or a supplier surprises them with a question of a point or a perspective that they haven't already thought about. Mm, that sounds absolutely fantastic. It sounds like a really good grounding for, for somebody who's just starting out. That's wonderful. So Thank tell you. us about your background. So you mentioned that you've had an, a number of different failures over the over the years of running businesses. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your background then and what, what got you to this point of, of running the Entrepreneurs Trust. Well, uh, I had a really interesting uh, a bunch of experiences. I mean, I've, I've worked for um, uh, corporates. I started my career at HSBC Bank after graduating uh, in accounting and finance. Um, but I didn't find it that exciting. So I had a bit of an adventure in my corporate career and then went on to set up uh, my consultancy, which is called EnviroUp. And I've worked for government, I've worked for local authorities, corporates and billionaire property owners. Um, and then I, I did a lot of work helping to raise funding for innovative startups and um, low, low carbon energy projects. So I've touched around $2 billion worth of clean technology funding. And most of them went wrong. Um, I mean, I, I had got the funding for a project, but they couldn't get their license or I'd, I'd have the funding raised and um, the, the developer um, lost their common sense approach to dealing with investors. Or I was working with a, a startup who'd miscalculated the, the logistics of their project. Um, so really interesting stuff. Um, and, you know, I could have I stopped, but I was so optimistic so I, I just thought, okay, I've learned from that one. I'll do it better next time. And, and then I, I went on to actually create um, a clean tech invention of my own, um, which is which I raised a million pounds for. Um, and then the, the manufacturer pulled out and it was a real shock to the system because I, I put about five years of my life, we'd raised a million pounds for it and then they walked away. Um, and at that point, you know, I, I really had to stop and look where things were going wrong and I and I saw a bunch of patterns in all the work I'd done and I realized that okay I assume you hadn't been looking at where the weaknesses were in these projects you're looking at where the opportunities were and um, and I and I realized that you know what I, I, I've been through really good business education uh, but they hadn't 
given me the sense of reality. And, it, you know, I, I take responsibility for all of my failures. It's nobody's fault. It's all, it's all mine. Um, that's, that's my foundational belief. And, and I realized there were a bunch of issues that had I thought about more carefully, I wouldn't have been in those positions. And I, for me, it was kind of an epiphany. And I, and I saw business models and tools that came out of those. And I, I put them together and I strangled on this, this seminar. Um, so I got to the point where I'd had enough of failing uh, and I was fed up with the situations I'd got myself in. Um, I mean, the, the reason that the, uh, the manufacturer pulled out, I mean, that, that's a legal issue and you know, I, have a, I have a good case, but I could have been better at evaluating the people I was working with mm. and evaluating the issues that um, they were presenting. Um, so um, for me, the essence of the entrepreneur's trust is my failures but you know i'm not alone 60 percent of all entrepreneurs fail in five years 90 percent in 10 years mm-hmm. so failure is just not dealt with and you, you constantly hear about entrepreneurs and their successes and you know you know i've probably both been to seminars where there's been a fantastic entrepreneur you know a success a multimillionaire and he's talking about how wonderful um uh, things are and you know and then he'll talk about or she'll talk about the challenges they face and it's it's literally yeah i went through a really difficult time it was it was depressing but you know what i fought through it mm. but that's the interesting bit that we actually would have learned from mm. and you know we would have got value from inspiration just kind of is like pushes you forward um yes. and, and for me that that doesn't really help because I'm inspired anyway. I'm motivated anyway. I, I really need to know, you know, what challenges they faced and how they got through them. So, gosh, there's some really interesting points there that you've that you've raised. I'd love to ask you a little bit more about a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the interesting points you made early on in that is that you're really optimistic and that is a really great trait to have as an entrepreneur because as you said you've got to be optimistic you've got to be self-motivated you've got to be able to get yourself up each day and and carry on with what you're trying to achieve so that's a really good um, personality trait to have but I'm guessing from what you said there that sometimes that can take you down a route where you do miss some of those challenges because you're so optimistic that you're perhaps glossing over or you know putting the rose tinted glasses on and and yeah. perhaps not seeing some of those challenges so that's fascinating and coming from a finance background myself just like you um and a background where it was business planning so it's helping people to do all of the different scenario planning and looking at the as we used to call them the what ifs so mm-hmm. what if this happens what if that happens let's look at all the different scenarios that could happen so balancing that optimism which you need to fuel you to keep moving forward but yes. also then balancing it with the what might go wrong and let's just do some scenarios around that and see how we might cope with it. That sounds like a really good solution to, to put into place. Yes, it is. And, and, and I actually, it's, it's one of the, the key aspects of the, the, the seminar. And, and we basically take a business, the entrepreneur's business model, and we just chop it to bits and we look for the holes and we smash it in every way, which way possible. 
and then we rebuild it based upon reality and actual facts rather than assumptions. Mm. And there are tools like the, the business model canvas, which is it's a really fascinating tool. It's really helpful. And, I, and I've used it and I, and I think it's, it's a really great way to get your idea down, but it's usually based on assumptions and hope yes. um, rather than enough data and facts. Um, so yeah, these are interesting exercises to do. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing you mentioned there as well towards the end was about the people that you've been involved with, the people that you've worked with. And um, for me, as we're talking about service excellence, I always think that actually the people involved in a business are the certainly the, the magic source that helps you to deliver service excellence. So tell me a little bit about your, your thinking around that in, in terms of the mm-hmm. people you've worked with well, and the people that you've helped. I've, I've been burnt by a really interesting bunch of people. I've been burnt by corporates that, you know, work for, for government uh, who stole my ideas. And I had to go to court to get my, get paid. And, and I was like, I, I can't believe this is happening. I mean, you're a, you're a, a PLC, you're a listed corporate and you're stealing ideas from a small company. Um, and I, and I was shocked that I had to do that. And, and one of the, 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 the huge projects I worked with was a um, a huge environmental project with a company in Europe, and and you know they have a charismatic, well known um, leader, and I, I won't mention the name, but we got shortlisted for the project, but we didn't win it, and it took us two years to get to that point, and we had government support as well. It, it, it was in a different country in Europe. Um, we didn't win it. The one the winner paid the uh, the company for the project and, and I could not believe uh, that a, a British PLC would uh, make a decision in a corrupt manner mm. uh, I, I was absolutely amazed by it and then you know my most recent um, situation it's it's fascinating you know I'm working with a listed PLC and and they basically take for, I don't know, was it four years to decide that they didn't want to work in a project after spending a million pounds of money of, of, and government investment, they decide that they don't want to work in it for some spurious reasons. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you're, you're a corporate, I'm the small company, I'm agile, you're the bureaucrats, you do things properly. And, uh, and the, the, the lack of morality and the ethics, um, of, of these organizations and, and you know th- these are reputable companies mm. so I, I for me the biggest lesson that I share is the the, the lessons around evaluating trust yes. and how you assess whether you can trust somebody and a company um, is the most essential skill that an entrepreneur can have because it's easy to say yes and be optimistic and go with it Mm-hmm. But it's much more useful, much more powerful if you can say no for good reason and walk away, but walk away with confidence that you've made the right decision. Mm-hmm. Never knowing whether it is the right decision, but trusting your ability and your intelligence to walk away. Now, I, I, I don't advocate using the gut to, tr- to trust. Mm-hmm. I say the gut is for digestion. So let it you know, enjoy the food that you put into your mouth 
And for me, I, I teach a model uh, of trust that uses intelligence, observation, and data. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's much, much more powerful to to use your intelligence to decide whether you can trust somebody. Yes. And 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 if you don't feel comfortable about it, then walk away and live to fight another way, rather than you know go on a, um, an adventure which usually you know um, can be very painful if it goes wrong. If if a deal goes wrong, if a, if a contract goes wrong, it can be very very painful. So I think it's better to walk away. And the, the trouble with entrepreneurs is we're so optimistic. Um, we we're always believing it. it's like a you know we're subservient to the customer or to the to the to the supplier especially when you're, you're very new um and we, we never should feel that way we should always feel on par even with an investor even with a multi-million pound multi-billion pound investor we should feel that they are equal to us and and, and i was in a situation i was raising funding for a project and it was a multi-billion pound investor. And he was talking about, you know, we'll, we'll fly over in our private jet to go see them. And you know what? This, this guy just never followed up on anything. And we were, we were hoping and praying and believing that he would. Whereas if I'd believe that, uh, which I, in the way I do now, that they're equal to me, that I have a, a right and a responsibility to say no, I would have thought, you know what? He's never followed. He's never actually delivered on anything. He said, mm-hmm. I'm not interested in working with this guy because if he's not willing to be honest and be straightforward at the beginning. Then he's going to be really challenging to walk with mm-hmm. later on and walk away. And, and I would have felt good about it. Yeah, that's that's so interesting because I co-authored a book a couple of years ago and it's called Trusted. And mm-hmm. one of the aspects we talk about in there is about doing what you said you're going to do because otherwise you know if you don't follow up and you don't do what you said you're going to do then people won't trust you so that's one of the pieces of advice we gave for you know for being somebody that that people can rely on and Mm -hmm. i think we're talking about it actually in the networking section so if if you're networking and you promise to do something for somebody or connect them with somebody or send them some information then make sure you do that yes people won't you know won't trust uh, you going forward so I, I wish i'd read your book a few years ago <laughs> <laughs> i'll send you a copy <laughs> thank you so it sounds the things you were talking about there sound as though they're almost the antithesis to um delivering service excellence so mm-hmm. if we were under normal circumstances because we're not at the moment obviously we're in this lockdown situation still in the in the uk here um yep. so I, I appreciate it may be different to how things are normally but if we were under normal circumstances, what does service excellence mean to you at the Entrepreneurs Trust? Well, well for me, it, it starts with being really clear about what I'm doing mm-hmm. and, it, and my mission and my, my purpose. Um, and part of that is actually being of service to people that I can be of service to for no other purpose other than I can be of service to them. I'm not, so I do an awful lot of work uh, in support of entrepreneurs uh, at no cost, um, at no price, no fee. Um, uh, And I do that because I can, and because, you know, I have something that they can benefit from. Um, And secondly, you know, when I'm doing paid work, 
I, I'm there a hundred percent. Um, you know, the, I'm, I'm there for, for the service of the participants, not for my personal gain. Mm-hmm. And I, and I don't mince my words when I share my opinion where, when I'm asked. I'm, I'm not a, a coach that is interested in the next um, opportunity to, to be a coach for a client because um, rather I'm very interested in being of value, giving you honesty and clarity and useful information there and then. If that is something that is a bit difficult for you to digest, um, yes, I accept it will be. But the way, the way I coach uh, entrepreneurs is like we agree that when we're dealing with a situation, we leave personality and the person to the side and we deal with the process. So we can, we can take the process apart, we can rebuild it, we can be critical about it, but the person is separate from that and their integrity and their dignity is kept separate. Um, and I, I never attack the person, I never attack their motivation, um, but we can both be ferocious on the process. Um, and that way, you know, I think integrity is really important in, in, in business. Um, and, and that's a two-way street. You know, uh, There are situations and times where I know much more than the person I'm with, uh, but quite often, or most of the time, they know something in much more detail and more depth um, as well. Um, so I, I, I'm never one to, I never want to put people down. I never want to d- um, diminish their value. So I think integrity is an important part, aspect of service in, in te- integrity and service excellence. Um, so yeah, and, and going back to the mission, um, if what they need is is part of my mission, then I will be there to assist if I can. If if it's not part of my mission, then I won't be. For example, I I won't uh, I won't get involved with any businesses that are um, in drugs or pornography or uh, gambling, you know, or have spurious claims or a dubious, you know, I'm just not interested in whether they want to pay me a pound or a million pounds. I'm not interested in that. And if I don't believe that the, in the integrity of the entrepreneur, then I'm not interested in working with them either. Yeah, so it sounds as though there's quite a lot of respect in there as well. So there's in your own integrity, but there's also respect for the entrepreneur that you're you're working with. So that's, yes. that's great. Yeah, lovely. And as we mentioned, we are right in the middle of this very strange time at the moment with travel restrictions and, and closures in place. So how have you had to adapt your, your own business to be able to d- deliver service excellence to your own clients? Well, it, it's an interesting time indeed. I mean, all of the the um, the courses and events that I was booked on were, were cancelled. Um, so uh, I started to try and be useful rather than to try and sell. So I, I'm working with a, a bunch of entrepreneurs uh, to be a, of use to them, helping them with grant applications, uh, with fixing their their pitch. Um, helping them to get through the challenges, um, uh, and I, 
I'm actually working on, on new projects that I, I have picked up and I'm going to be delivering um, some seminars uh, completely remotely, mm. uh, which is interesting. Um, and it's about being innovative um, and it's about being creative uh, in, in that those pieces of work. I also have a toy company um, called Simbrix and and we are we are receiving a, a bunch of orders from parents who are stuck at home. But what I also did with Simbrix is I created a competition called the Reuse a Lot Competition, and I'm encouraging children to uh, create inventions to, that use household waste or single-use products uh, and come up with a way to reuse them. Um, and it's completely free to enter competition. It's it's about them being creative. It follows the ethos of of my toy company. And I thought I brought it forward because I was going to launch it in, in the summer. Brought it forward a lot uh, because I think it's the time when parents need and kids need something stimulating. So there'll, there'll be some prizes uh, as well. So I thought I would do that now. Um, and it's not about sales. It's just about adding value and being of use rather than selling. And I, and I talk about not selling. Uh, we have to sell. We, we're a business. We have to sell. We have to make a living. But I think the way which we sell now has to change. And then I get an I get an email from a clothing manufacturer every single day, offering me suits, shirts, trousers, ties, and cufflinks. And you know what? I, out of ten emails, only one of them acknowledges that life is different now. Um, that you know we're no longer in that everyday mode and i get that they need to sell they've got products that they need people to buy to sustain their business but i think we need to be um aware you know actually be aware of that life is different and you know if, if we are sympathetic to people's situation they'll be sympathetic to their situation as well. Mm, definitely. I've observed exactly the same, as you say, people sending, you know, 70% off, 50% off, but mm -hmm. no real mention of, of what's going on at all. Whereas if they're trying to pivot in some way or be innovative and, as you said, adding value, then it's a much more interesting um, email to receive, isn't it? Rather yes. than one that's just, you know, the normal sales type email that we would see in normal times. So, yeah, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right there. It's, it's very unusual, well, unprecedented times that we're in. So being able to um, tap into that and, and support, I love your idea about the, the competition for children. I think parents with young children are, are really struggling at the moment, trying to keep them occupied. So mm -hmm. Helps them with that is is going to be good, and then when they come out of this, the other side, because we will come out of it at some point. It then it's companies like yours that people will remember that that have been there to support them in in their hour of need. So I think that's a a really lovely thing to be doing. It's valuable to them right now, um, and as we say, hopefully they'll remember you when when things change. Thank you. Thanks very much. So you've talked a little bit about the, the culture of your organisation. So it's very much about um, integrity and respect and, and having service, service aptitude. And we've also talked a little bit there about companies who haven't had that, that you've worked with. So mm -hmm. how important do you think the culture is in fostering service excellence within businesses? Yeah, I mean, culture is a word that we, we hear so often. Um, and I think, you know, 
let, let's, let's look at the situation we're in right now. Um, yeah, culture is the thing that's going to keep businesses going through this difficult time. And that, that requires them to be very clear on their purpose. And if their purpose is just about making money, you know, that doesn't get you very far because right now it's very, very tough to make money unless you can pivot and make you know, products that serve the, the health service, for example. Mm. But if you're not one of those organizations and you're just a standalone business that provides goods and services that we need for everyday life, that is a luxury item, um, that's something we don't need when we're at home doing not very much. Um, you know, if, if you are just about the money, it's, it's a challenge. So culture is the thing that keeps people together. It keeps people focused and bonded on the, the bigger objective. Um, and one of the, the, the interesting people I spoke to a few weeks ago, and he was talking about, you know, you've just got to over communicate. You've got to communicate like hell right now. And you've got to get, you've got to get people talking to each other and sharing with each other. And, you know, we hear about how popular Zoom is, right? Uh, now and you know the issues that they might have with security or not but these things are really important because they bring people together when we're so distant so i think it's it's a time for us to be open and honest about the challenges we're facing um, and be sympathetic to that but but really focus on the bigger picture so if you're going through challenges you know now is the time to use your mission to innovate if you're going through challenges now is the time to to really think about the customer's needs uh, rather than your own. Um, so yeah, I think cu culture is going back to your mission and going back to your, your objectives and why you're there mm. and, and sharing that, the greater purpose. And if we go back to the clothing manufacturer, yeah, if they were a bit more open about their culture, you know, that they, they, they want people in their company to stay in jobs and they've, they've been there for 30 years and they're looking to support them and that's why we're we're doing as much as we can to offer these discounts i'd be really sympathetic to that mm. but they're not telling me that at all they just want it just looks like they they're devaluing their own goods to such an extent that i would never pay full price for them again mm, um definitely the, the culture aspect has, has been missed mm. um so i mean i, I really like the fact that I was listening to the news yesterday and, and Rolls-Royce are, are all take all the, 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 the senior managers are taking um, a reduction in their salary to keep uh, people employed as, as much as possible. Their companies are not taking their bonuses. I mean, that really shows to me that they're in it together. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it, I was thinking back to the companies you mentioned earlier as well, the ones where they they did have sort of underhand practices, as you found out to your own detriment. So mm -hmm. I'm sure if we talk to them, they would say their culture is, you know, and they'd use all the positive words, but actually your culture is very much about how you do what you do. And if their behaviour is not befitting the organisation mm -hmm. and the way they're talking about themselves, then the the culture is is not worth the you know, the paper it's written on or you know the values that they might have written on a reception. It's it's very much I think culture is it's actually what you do. I remember very early in my career, one of the things I, I got asked to do was 
was helped with an audit um, mm-hmm. when it was when it was year end, and we were we were writing up or we'd written up in, in advance, you know, how we do things. And when we one of the things we did was go and audit and chat to the people and and say, talk us through your process. And actually, often what they'd done is they'd written down what they thought they were supposed to do, but in actual fact, it wasn't really what they were doing at all. <laughs> and and so when you then audit it and try and check the process, mm-hmm. it, just, it just doesn't marry up. And I think that's the thing with culture isn't it you can say all of these great things but yeah. actually you're not behaving in that way then that's that's actually what people are going to take away so the experience it you is. have with the with the corporation i'm sure you'd never do any business even buy from them or recommend them ever again because no i, I couldn't do it you know from because from the top to the people that i was dealing with mm. i just found you know a lack of integrity Whilst the, the people that are actually doing the work, you know, they come in to an honest piece of work for an honest day's pay. But the people that are making the difficult choices uh, and doing this, they, they just, I, I could see that it was all about, you know, protecting my own job. And, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But do it with integrity. You know, do it with... Um, sense of the bigger purpose as well and be honest about why you're making a decision rather than you know cover it up with um with with lies or platitudes or you know um big mission statements that don't really make any sense or not relevant yes yeah absolutely so during these these times that we're in um entrepreneurs are often the people who can who can come out and pivot and because as you mentioned earlier we we are very agile because we we haven't got these big corporations around us that have to make these you know very hierarchical decisions so what advice do you have for the entrepreneurs that that you support in these unprecedented times that we're going through well i think I've said it a number of times already, actually, and it's it's still a really valid point. I think go back to your mission, go back to why you're in uh, the business you're in and the objectives that you're focusing on. <laughs> and, um, you know, if you need to make a decision, then be honest about why you're making the decision um, and, and share the, the reason, the rationale behind it, um, especially if it's a difficult one. Because nobody's going to forgive you if you make a bad decision and you didn't explain why. But if you can explain why and, and give give a, a shape and a form to that decision, you know, um, and be open about the challenges that you're facing, nobody's going to criticize you for making a bad decision. Especially if you have to go back to it later on and actually say, look, I made that decision. It didn't work out you know, and this is what we're doing next. But if you make a bad decision without explaining why, um, then you're just going to get criticised. And now's the time to actually take decisions. Now's the time to to make changes to the way you operate, the way you deliver, the way you work, uh, and the way you perform your, your duties. Um, so now, I think now is the time that anybody who calls themselves a leader is actually going to get tested uh, and the way you you succeed is not by getting it right, but by uh, being honest about why you're making that decision. Mm, yes, and it, it's a time when sometimes taking that calculated risk is it's the right time to do that now, isn't it? Yes, it is. 
your, your backs against the wall and and it is about making that brave decision yeah absolutely um so if our listeners would like to improve their service can you share a tip that you would recommend i think um i think have the customer in mind have mm. the customer in mind and trying to adopt their position and you know look at it from their perspective 100 percent. just ignore what you're trying to do and why you're trying to do it ignore the challenges and the difficulties and the processes but look at it from their perspective 100 percent, and look at how you could make it a smoother experience a a frictionless process um at the times when it gets difficult you know for example when when there's a problem how you deal with the problem um for example uh, in my toy company um let's say um you know we deliver the wrong item and you know it, it happens we just accept it you know we accept it and we put it right um we we do ask for a bit of evidence if possible just to see where the problem was so 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 we can understand perhaps where the problem was created but you know we just put it right and um if, if somebody's unhappy with them with what you're trying to do just put it right, you know, don't, don't worry about um, the, the, the short term issue, but just try and put it right. And if you put it right, they'll come back to you and they'll be your advocate. But if you, if you, for example, I, I was speaking to my car insurance company yesterday and um, you know, it's renewal time in a couple of months. And I said, look, I'm not driving the car. Can I put it on the insurance on pause? And they said, no, no, you can't because we don't, you're not going to get a refund. And I'm thinking, okay, so I'm not going to get a refund and you're not going to, you're not a sympathetic situation right now. And banks are, are forgiving us or giving us payment holidays, repayment holidays on our mortgages. But you as an insurance company, you know, are not interested in doing anything. So how, how willing am I going to be to come back to you in another time? So I think, you know, understand that customers are going through difficult times and be very sympathetic to them. Yeah, absolutely. I remember we shared some stories in in the book about service, um, you know, putting things right, as you said there, in, in terms of if something goes wrong, how can you how can you rectify that for people? And I remember one of the stories that we shared was around um, a bank actually making a mistake and what they did is they, they put it right in the most spectacular way almost mm -hmm. to the point where she couldn't really remember what they'd done wrong in the first place and she <laughs> shared the story many many times to many people so that the way they recovered from that that issue has been mm -hmm. the thing that she's talked about more than what went wrong. So I think you're absolutely right. If you if you've got a good service recovery plan, and mm -hmm. you always, as you said, think about the customer there and, and put it right as well as you can, then people will talk about that rather than the the particular issue. And it's yeah. it's, great, it's great marketing because it's <laughs> you know it's it's something that people will talk about and talk about forever um, because it was such a good experience. So I think that's brilliant advice. Thank so you. one last question: Knowing what you know now, what advice would you give to your younger self if you could go back and and whisper in in his ear? Uh, quite simply, if you do not feel that the people in front of you are honorable or you could trust them 
when times are tough, then just walk away and don't regret it for a moment. But explore that situation in as much depth as, as necessary. But if you're not happy, um, treat them like an equal. Um, and if they don't treat you like an equal, then walk away. Mm, fabulous. Thank you. And contribution is is really important to to both of us i know we we chatted about that previously um so is there a particular charity that you'd like to to highlight to to bring awareness um to to the listeners of the podcast well in my charities i'm, I'm quite boring actually i i tend to work to support the charities that are, are quite well known um because you know you, you hope they're doing a great job so i I supported Médecins Sans Frontières um, and Oxfam because I just think that they do a good job um, in difficult situations. So they are my two charities. Um, Great. Thank you. And we'll put the information about the charities in the in the show notes. So if people want to go and find out more, then they can they can go and check out that link. And talking of finding out more, if they'd like to find out more about you or mm -hmm. indeed the Entrepreneurs Trust, where's the best place for, for people to go to uh, find that information? The Entrepreneurs Trust, if you Google the Entrepreneurs Trust, um, you'll find find us. Um, my toy company is Simbrix, that's S-I-M-B-R-I-X dot com. Um, and you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, and if you're going through a, a difficult situation and you want somebody to talk to about getting through that difficult business situation, I'm more than happy to, to have a conversation with you. That's great. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on, on your podcast. I really appreciated your your insight as well. So I've, I've, I've learned some things from your questions too. Thank oh, you very much. Thank you. That was fascinating. I'm sure Asim and I could have talked all day about entrepreneurship. There are so many twists and turns to it. It's, uh, it was fascinating to, to hear his take and also to get a very different perspective on what we've often spoken about on the podcast, because today we've talked about the, the flip side of service excellence. So really fascinating to explore that. And I hope you enjoyed listening to that different perspective. I really hope that you're keeping well and healthy during these very unprecedented times. It's very strange isn't it I think most of us spend all day talking to our laptops and, and having video conferences and um, and conference calls and so on uh, so it's an absolute lifeline to be able to keep in touch in this way so I was fascinated to hear what Asim was talking about in terms of how you can serve clients during this time and I know that's something I've been giving a great deal of thought to um, obviously being housebound we can't go and deliver training in the usual way that I would and, and coaching and so on but what I can do is I can deliver online training and coaching. I've been doing that. One of my uh, clients actually is a university and I deliver degree, higher degree apprenticeships for them. So we've converted all of that to online delivery and that's working really well. So I've been thinking about how I can develop some small bite-sized programs for people to, to tap into whilst people are from home. So if you've got any thoughts around the content of the, the type of training that you'd like to receive. Um, most of what I do is all around service excellence, as the, as the podcast uh, name suggests, but also around communication and behaviour and mindset in particular, which I think is a, a really interesting subject for us to explore at this time.
So if you have any thoughts on what you would like me to cover in that training, then please keep me posted and I shall let you know about the progress of that throughout the podcast. I'm also thinking of increasing the frequency of the podcast during this lockdown time um, because people potentially have got more time to, to listen to these sorts of things. So I'm going to be releasing another one in two weeks time. So please keep listening in. I'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe so you get to hear all of the latest podcasts as they come out. So stay well and healthy and I shall catch up with you next time. Bye for now.